This is the Bone Collector, Dominic Greeny. You're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Don't turn that dial or I'll choke you out. Taking your way in the world today Takes everything you got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name You wanna go where you can see That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers Where everybody knows your name Especially when you got our five stars <laughs> This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview episode, and I am your host. I am heavy set in this episode or this podcast, Wrestling Cheers. We are brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and MidwestTerritory.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Podbean Wrestling Cheers. Podbean.com. We have the contact info. Please get a hold of us on any of your social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email if you so choose to desire Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. We have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. This, like I said, is an interview episode, and we have Jeremy. From I Got Your Five Stars, and uh, he's already here. How's it going, Jeremy? Justin, what is up, man? It seems like, you know, we we just talked. <laughs> I know. I, I'm really excited to be on, on Wrestling Cheers. And that open you did where you weaved in I Got Your Five Stars yeah. it made me pop, man. Yeah, That was <laughs> great. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for those who don't know, Jeremy, like I said, he uh, he has a his own podcast called I Got Your Five Stars. And part one of this conversation was on his episode, which I'm guessing is going to be last week, correct? Right, right. Okay, because like, yeah, that, that would come first. Yeah, well, because like we're recording this now. He hasn't edited anything up whatsoever. So, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall. So I don't <laughs> exactly know when it's coming out, but I know when this is coming out. So if everything goes correct, last week's episode, I got your five stars. Please check it out. And we, I got to give a, a big shout out kind of did it on your show but i'll do it here too to righteous jesse yeah and uh bringing a lot of us together and like all these episodes last week i had you know ryan the struggles uh from the spotlight series and now i got you on and jesse's the glue that brings us all together <laughs> the tennessee taskmaster <laughs> jesse yeah i mean i when you said it Last episode, with when you were on, I got your five stars. It made me realize, yeah, Jesse is the glue, man. Mm-hmm. And Southern Underground Pro is the promotion that's captured all of our imaginations. So it's really kind of cool. But yeah, shout out to Jesse, man. We we all love you and what you guys are up to down in the South. Yeah, Southern Underground Pro is just it's so special. And I think I one thing I love about it too because it's so young. And it's being able to watch it grow. Uh, also, experiencing newer names that I've never heard of. But on top of it, names that I do know. 
people that I, I've seen in Cleveland go go down there and make their name like you know when Dom won the Bone Storm Championship, I thought oh, that, yeah. that was so awesome and seeing you know what he's doing right now a sad comp and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's it's a mix and mashup of so many things and being where it is it's it's not too far south it's not you know as far north as cleveland it's in this nice little little medium ground and yeah like it's a it's a fun organization and ran by great people too yeah and speaking of dom you mentioned him i Mm -hmm. thought dom dominic Grini was a fantastic champion i mean I was sad to see him lose the belt, actually. But, of course, you know, it made sense where they are now. And I think Brett Eisen, he deserved it. It was It's his time, you know. But, man, Dom, I just loved him as, as a champion. His matches with Jeff Cobb and Kurt Stallion, I mean, he was just such a great champ. So, yeah, the side comp is awesome, too. I mean, what a killer tag team, him and Kevin Koo. But... I wouldn't want to be standing across the ring from them. I was really happy when Marco won the title, but I had made a tweet a couple months prior saying I would love to see Brett and Marco. So going back to, you know, that show where Marco won the title, you know, you had Brett just like, I want what's mine. And like talking about how he was undefeated and then Marco won the title. And I was like, oh, are we getting what I think we're getting? Then they announced the match. I'm like, oh, shit, that's going to be a great match. The thing that I love, too, and I've I've praised them, I know enough about it, to where I knew the ending of the match, and I still love the story that they told. Even if I, I was there live, I figured it would be, you know, Brett winning in, like, a couple seconds. I figure kind of, you know, Diesel, Bob Backlund, like, just yeah. a really, really quick match. But instead, you know, it it. It wasn't exactly a you know twenty minute classic, but they there was enough story told to where Marco would not die, like he well right. he wouldn't he wouldn't die easy. I mean he did lose, but you know, yeah. Brett earned it. And then the thing too that I haven't I've said a little bit since the the Southern Underground Pro Show is that Sup is so good at yeah. ending shows like. They end it with something that's going to provoke some sort of emotion one way or another, whether it be, you know, Marco winning the title, whether it be that that visual of O'Shea, Brett and, you know, Kurt Stallion standing over the carnies. And, you know, the thing that I always remember is I have that vision in my head of Brett Eisen just giving everybody the finger like if Hmm. I could get that turned into a poster – Hmm. I would, I'd, and I'd buy it because I don't know. It's it's that kind of stuff. So even like when I went to this last show, how they ended it, it's still it makes you want more. And those are the best shows. It's not like all right, championship match. The and I'm granted it was like that with Marco, but there's something. There's there's something that gets you talking. It make makes you go. I have have to go to the next show. I have to because it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then the payoffs. For the storylines and the hot angles they're running, I mean, the payoffs are always so badass. I mean, just I always say on the podcast that each show, to me, I, I come across, you know, or I watch the newest show. A lot of times I review them right away with Sup, anyway. Yeah. And I always find myself saying that was the most complete show 
Southern Underground Pro has had. And then I say the same damn thing again the next time. I mean, they're just outdoing every show each time, you know, and just a, I don't know, just a, there's magic going on there in Nashville. And I talked to Jesse about this. I mean, I, I'm sure you have too, just that they've been drawing comparisons to ECW and, of course, having that venue, the Basement East. I mean, mm-hmm. even you were talking about on I Got Your Five Stars how when you went there, you know, you could feel the – it just felt electric. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the Basement East, you know, and it's amazing that's become a destination point. So Nashville, Music City, they're kicking ass, man. It's, like I said, just a fun show, and I think you're going to say the same thing when you review – this show when it comes up, probably by the time this comes out, you might have reviewed it already because it's normally about a two week turnaround and we're in this, like, as we're recording, we're in the second week. Yeah. They get them up quick. Yeah. So I would suspect you have a review up by the time this airs. And I, my prediction, it's going to be the same thing because there, <laughs> there was a lot of great matches. There was a lot of great storytelling going on. And even everybody that I know that went, it was just like, okay, you know, what's the best match? And a lot of us just said, you know, it almost has to be Brett and Gage. And it's not a knock towards every other match because every other match was good too. It's just the thing that I loved about it. And they both complement each other. The thing that I love about Brett and thing that I love about Nick Gage, when they're in a match, it looks like they're trying to kill their opponent. Hmm. And seeing them against each other doing the same thing like that, not yeah. like they're copying each other, but it looks like they're in a real fight. It's something that you will really tell when you when you watch just how fucking awesome it is and how yeah. uh, I think, you know, Gage helped really put some stock into Brett Ice. And I really hope this is a big year for him. But, yeah, that match, was. there's a reason why it was the main event. I, I think it lived up to everything. It was worth the wait. It was worth the trip for me. And still, every other match was still still good, too. You started off hot with Mance Warner and Cabana Man Dan versus the production. And there's just so much fun in this. I love the whole show, especially, too, the Fuckets versus Sad Conf, hmm. which was uh, sponsored by Wrestling Cheers. Um, and I picked it mainly because Dom's a Cleveland dude. Um, Two's been on the show. And the Fuckets, you know, I've been watched for... A number of years i'm like why not do this match and when i when the fuckets walked out uh nasty russ looked at me and he says of course you would sponsor this match and i'm like yeah that's what i did man <laughs> that's awesome man yeah i i can't wait to see the show dylan was saying dylan hales when he was on the show with me he said this for this show and i talked to him prior the actually the eve of the show and, and I, he had I said listened that, to it on uh, my way home Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you did. I mean, I I think he was awesome. Mm -hmm. And he was saying how it was the biggest, uh, you know, advance ticket sales they've had. And they were expecting, you know, a major packed house. And I just said to him, you know, that really makes me happy that I know it's definitely, I mean, SUP is almost a promotion that doesn't need to rely on bringing in talent so much. I mean, they've built They've built so many of their own guys that are just phenomenal there. The roster is great. But bringing in a gauge, I mean, I don't know any finances or anything. I really wouldn't even want to know that. But 
I can only imagine that's an expense. I mean, you know, it's a flight from mm-hmm. Philadelphia. And, of course, you know, you're paying Gage. I don't know what he makes, but you know, it's probably not bad. And that's a leap of faith for them. And it was cool to see it pay off. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm looking forward, to, like I said, to your review on that. We'll, we'll see yeah. that hopefully soon. I can't wait to see it, man. I, you've you've seen Gage some, right? In AIW, he's, he's there a lot. quite often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gage has—he was one of my favorite moments of 2017. Was his return to AIW after being gone for I think two years? And Tim Donson won the main event of Absolution, and I kind of made a—it was—it was a half prediction, half. This is what I want to see. I wanted to see Donson win. And then I wanted to see Nick Gage come out. Like, I want to see hmm. his music hit and just everybody go nuts. Hmm. And I told people, like, during that match, I'm like, if this match is over and Nick Gage comes out, I'm flipping my shit. <laughs> so uh, I think it was Dance pinned Josh Prohibition, one, two, three. And then a couple seconds later, Metallica hits, for whom the hmm. bell tolls. Hmm. I went nuts i pulled an ultimate warrior on the barricade and just shook it like crazy going nuts because it was it was nick gage's return i couldn't believe it was fucking happening oh just it's those moments i I, like i absolutely love in professional wrestling uh but gage is he's a great dude Uh, oh yeah he's a dude who you know served his time in prison and is more humble than you would know online Sure. I've, you know, I've, you know, he knows not necessarily me by name, but I think he knows my face and uh, he will give me respect. Like there's times he's giving me a hug coming out. There's times he'll like push me as in, like, you're ready to fucking go. And it's just <laughs> he's such a good dude. Even when you talk to him, it's he's so much fun. Uh, something that hasn't been talked about yet is uh, it was between me and Jesse. Is he? It's always, you know, Sheets and Wawa. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in Sheets country. I and I I really really like Sheets. There's I don't think there's anything a Wallow that I've had that compares. I right. I, I, I want to test something out. So like on a fairness scale, like okay, they both put out the same product, which is better. But I'll, I'll still lean towards Sheets for right now. He's more Wawa. Oh yeah. And I looked online, mm. and there was actually like people tweeting at one point that like Nick Gage was in a in a Wawa. Oh, wow. And I had seen uh, Gage after an AIW show at a Sheets, but literally the Sheets was right next door to the venue. So I'm like, okay, I can understand. So after the show, uh, Southern Underground Pro, me, Jesse, and Nick were all around each other. I'm like, Gage, I got a question for you. He's like, I'll see if I can answer it. I'm like, Sheets or Wawa? He goes, Sheets all fucking day. (laughs) And like the look on Jesse's face, like, (laughs) <laughs> you just told him that Santa wasn't real at all. Yeah. Like it was just like motherfucker, and it's something that I've <laughs> I've teased him about. I think even after I left, I was like, "Hey, remember that time that Nick Gage said he he like sheets over Wawa?" And he's like, "I try not to remember that." That's dope, dude. Yeah, and you know, you probably know Jesse's story about how he went to uh, Sheets, I guess, yeah. and they gave him some fucked up coffee. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's had a sour taste about it ever since then. Yeah. And that sort of happened to me with Wawa. I mean, I'm a sheets all day guy too, and I'm in Wawa country, but dude, I don't think there's a comparison. I really don't. Sheets has so much more selection 
But, you know, whatever. It's debatable, I guess. Jesse knows that I tease him <laughs> about it, too. But I have the same kind of thing. I went to Wawa, and they, fu- I don't know, they they fucked up a, a sandwich I ordered or something. And they said, oh, we don't have that. That's why. you. And the guy said, you can either have chicken strips or chicken this. And he kind of, he was giving me choices of something that I really didn't want. And I kind of looked at him because I wasn't prepared for <laughs> to be asked that kind of question. And he kept repeating it as if I have to really say this slow for this dumb mute. So he said, you can have chicken strips or chicken, whatever he said. And I just eventually said, OK, just give me the money back. And I left and I'll, I don't think I'll ever set foot in a Wawa again. So I can understand, <laughs> you know, holding, it doesn't make sense that that one incident in a, from a rational mind doesn't make sense that that would make me not want to go to Wawa. But honestly, I mean, I was fringe anyway with them. I really don't care for Wawa. The mm-hmm. coffee I'm not crazy about the, 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 the subs I'm not crazy about. I think sheets kills them every day on ready-made things to eat and fresh fresh things you can eat i look for i look for sheets all the time i'm so excited when i see one on the road i can't wait to stop there so like the thing that i always heard about wawa even like the well i always heard about wawa just in general and i remember when i first stopped uh, i posted like a picture of me at wawa and everybody that i know was like you need to try the cookies and cream milk okay the cookies and cream milk is great Uh a plus i'll give them that (laughs) um the other two things that I have, from my experience of going to Wawa, that I really do like, and I'll always give them credit for, is they have a barbecue cheesesteak, which is really good. And the first time I tried that, I was in Philly the day after I had one of the the really good cheesesteak places in Philly. Oh, yeah. The one by the, the ECW arena I had. So, oh, Tony Luke's. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, that was it. I always forget That's the name. That's the best, bro. That's yeah, the best one. So good. So, like, the next day I had the barbecue one, and I'm like, I love barbecue in general so i'm like this is pretty awesome and then uh when i went down to wrestlemania i went to a wawa and i went to buy macaroni and cheese and they offered me like three different sizes and getting mac and cheese at sheets it's one size that's it last time i should say last time i've had it's been a little while so i was like oh wawa's offering me sizes i'm like that's a plus (laughs) but to compare which one's better it's like saying okay i go to mcdonald's and i get the big mac and i think the big mac's better than the whopper i'm like well why don't you try the whopper next to the the quarter pounder with cheese because i mean that's mm. the or just a quarter pounder like that's the like actual comparison like which of those is better yeah so i always want to like get something at one and then something at the other and figure out which one i like the best i mean there's things i do like about wawa but right i think right. sheets is a lot better but then in our area we have a chain which you might have known a little bit about on how long you've been out of uh, Buffalo because I actually I was in Buffalo and they had this chain up there is uh, we have a chain of grocery stores called Giant Eagle and Giant Eagle has its own gas station and in the past I want to say five years they've grown in more of the made to order stuff okay and the my favorite sandwich and I know a lot of people that I know agree with me and it's something that we praise and it's called the pilgrim it comes out during thanksgiving okay the, the bread's made out of stuffing um it has turkey gravy you can get cranberries on it cranberry sauce 
I'm, I know I'm missing some things. I want to say there's mashed yeah. potatoes on it. I'm sold. Yeah, it is. It is so good. <laughs> you got me, man. So I when, want that. So when people say sheets or wall, I'm like, I I prefer sheets, but yeah, ge- uh, gecko is supreme. But last time I was no, I'm not in Buffalo. I was in Erie. Right, Erie right. has has that chance. So yeah, Buffalo doesn't. But what they have is because I was talking to uh, independent wrestler Puff. Because okay. I was like, one thing that Buffalo has that I love, that Jesse loves, that we don't get everywhere. Like, they're in my area, but not as nearly as much. Tim Hortons. Oh, jeez, dude. Oh, I love me some Tim, Tim Hortons. Oh, the Timbits are amazing. I always think up here, because they don't they don't know squat about good coffee or whatever here. I mean, it's Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. That's it. And, I, I mean, they're okay. Dunkin's okay. I'm not... I'm not a Starbucks guy because it's a little strong for me, but I understand people have different tastes on that. But I always thought if I had the money, I would bring a Timmy Hose franchise up here and kick everybody's ass. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I I just think that these cats, if they got a if they got a taste of that game over. But I could be wrong. I think it's like it all has to do with distribution. Like it's, it's crazy how it works in my area. The closest Tim Hortons, I think, is like there's two of them, but they're an an hour ish in opposite directions. Oh, okay. There's none in Cleveland, but then when you get down towards Columbus, there's a bunch. Like it's sure just an ample amount. But I'm like, okay, we have them down there. We have them a couple other spots. None in Cleveland. None in Akron. None in Canton. But then, like, you get into Pennsylvania, start getting closer to Pennsylvania, there's more, and I I don't know if there's any in Indiana, but I'm like, where where where's this going? Because those trucks that go down to Columbus and go to these other places, they're dr- driving through the area. I'd seen one pass me on my way home one day. I'm like, okay, there's a Tim Hortons truck. Why don't we have a franchise around here? Because I think it, it would kill, too. Because yeah. there's a name brand with them that you always hear about, even if they're not in your area. So when one finally pops up, you go, oh, I need to try them out because I've always heard about this Canadian yep. franchise. And yep. they are so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I've been on a, a scavenger hunt of sorts to try to find wherever I could because, you know, I was spoiled for I was born in, and raised in Buffalo. So I came here to Jersey in 2006. But, you know, I was there my whole life, Buffalo. And able to go up to Canada whenever I wanted and all that stuff. So, I mean, I was used to Tim Hortons, you know, anywhere I wanted. And here it's random where you can find them. Like there is one in New York Penn station, which is, this is how weird I am. That's a destination point for me. I, I probably, I haven't done this before. I usually have something to do in New York when I get there, but I could see myself taking a trip <laughs> just for the Tims. You know, I, I, I would do that. So, Like when I went down to Tennessee, I stopped at the Tim Hortons on the way down in Columbus, and I stopped at the same one on the way back yeah. and brought some Timbits back for my girlfriend because I, like, I always get Timbits. I always get an assorted pack. Like I'll get some other food too, but sure. I'll, I'll get the assorted pack, and I always hope that I find ones that have the jelly donut. Tim oh yeah, those are, yeah. To me, those are the best. I'm not a huge jelly donut fan, but I feel like there's just the perfect amount of jelly for that little donut, where <laughs> it doesn't feel like overkill. So <laughs> yeah, 
I had that on the way down. I actually left uh, all my leftovers to Chew Jesse. He's getting a lot of love on both these episodes. I hope he enjoys it. But, I know, right? <laughs> but on the way back, I had seen how when I was there the first time, they had coffee Timbits. And that was like a new flavor. Ooh. My girlfriend loves that flavor. Like, loves just everything coffee. And I picked her up like a special 10-pack and just all coffee ones. Because... I wanted her to enjoy because she was like, well, why don't you get assorted? I'm like, well, if I do that, like there were seven flavors, you might get one, you might get two at best. <laughs> so I'm like, if I give you a whole 10 pack, you get 10. So you, you get to have so much fun with it. Yeah, that's a better philosophy. Have you have you had the ice cap? Yes. Ice cappuccino? Yeah, the, those I, are bomb. The ice cap is good. And I had it at one point, And I think the American uh, Tim Hortons got rid of them is they were the uh, frozen hot chocolate. Yeah, I, yeah, they got rid of them, huh? I think they yeah. did get rid of them, and I was so sad because that's how I eased into ice caps. I think I, I tried the frozen hot chocolate first, and I mentioned that to a Canadian friend of mine, and he was like, well, number one, we don't have those, and number huh. two, he's like, that sounds like an ice cap. So I'm like, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try an ice cap next time I go, and I had that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that ice cap is really good, too. So yeah. I think the pa- uh, the time before last I had uh, ice cap. Last time I didn't because I had enough like energy drinks and everything to go down to Tennessee. I was like, I don't, I don't need an extra thing of coffee, an extra thing to drink. I'm like, I already have enough. Justin, you got me going now, man. I want, <laughs> I want sheets. <laughs> I want Tony Luke's, and I want Tim's. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I got all these cravings going on. I'm like a pregnant, like a pregnant person here. Now, now when you go down to Tennessee, uh, you need to hit up. Uh, cookout oh i've heard a lot about cookout man i gotta try that and my favorite spot which i don't know if you, you've had this before they're not everywhere they're not even none in ohio is a chicken place called zaxby's dude jesse turned me on to that mm-hmm. zaxby's so rocks bro mm-hmm. like and when i zaxby's got... sauce is freaking killer dude i i bring some home every time oh man like uh after i had got into town me uh, not to, you know, break the illusion for anybody like me, Jesse, Brett, Koo, and um, Lane, we all went to Zaxby's. And I, like, every time I go now, I'm like, I get five extra things of Zach sauce. And that, they cost, I think, five cents a piece, or, or a quarter a piece. Okay. So, like, I was like, I don't care. Like, I'll I'll pay them $1.25, but I'm taking some home with me. And I'm going <laughs> to really? eat it with other stuff because it's so good. Oh, God. Yeah, that place is awesome. Jesse told me about another place called Raising Canes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I found a couple on the map. I think there's a couple maybe not too far from you. Maybe oh. in Ohio, I want to say. But I, I was getting ready to go to Mid-South. It was a trip that never happened. I was going to go to IWA, and then they wound up canceling the show. But I had it all planned that if I went there, I was going to hit Raising Canes. Zaxby's at one point and then Raising Cane's and that mm-hmm. way me and my friend could really kind of get a feel for yeah. what was better but Jesse says Raising Cane's is so it's it's a big discussion like before like I, every time I'd go down to Columbus that was another thing like I'd, I'd hit Tim Hortons up and I'd hit his, uh, Raising Cane's oh and, you've had that okay. oh yeah and then a couple years not a couple years ago this is last year they opened up two not too far from me one is literally 10 miles away I, okay. I, I pulled up the directions. It's seventeen minute drive, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, it, to have one that close, it's it is it's it's really good. They have their own sauce. They it, but I need to 
do another like taste test comparison of something that's not necessarily a uh, raisin cane menu item because that will really affect raisin cane sauce. Yeah. So I need to try something like chicken tenders that I could buy at the store or chicken nuggets or something like that or even like a sandwich to see which which one's better. But yeah, that's that's another good one. Like raisin canes is is still good. And I re- I, in fact, the one's really close. It almost makes me say, like, well, it makes me not miss Zaxby's as much, but it's still good. And I I think Zach's sauce is better than Raisin Cane sauce, but I, I, yeah. I'm going to at least open myself up for a taste test. Good call. I'll be waiting to hear what you say about that. But, yeah, whoever listens to this show, man, they're going to be they're going to be hungry as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think, man. That's the, I have munchies. That's the fun thing too, is I think everybody really connects on food one way or another. There's yeah. Every, there's something that we all love about food, like whether it be, you know, whether it be you know it's like Sheets or Wawa or you know all the fast food places. Who has the who has the best nuggets? Uh, who has the best you know, hamburger? It's I don't know. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a, definitely a fast food nation. <laughs> For real, we are. So every cook. Cookout, man. What's the go-to on that at, at the cookout? What do you think I should I should nab when I get there? I would say hit up Jesse okay. because I've had cookout like once or twice, so I don't have a wide knowledge of their their menu. I've only tried a couple things. It's almost similar to Wawa of like not having as much experience with it, but I I thought it was it was good. It wasn't something I would be like, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. But okay, it's. Everybody, I know, raves about the the many different types of shake that's that they have. Uh-huh. Um, I forget which ones I've gotten. It's been it's been almost four years. I think that's the last time I went to a cookout. Actually, when I when I went down to uh, Nashville, it was like, okay, do we want to go to Zaxby's or cookout? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm really want to go to Zaxby's. I'm like, I won't <laughs> complain if we go to cookout, but yeah, I'm more leaning towards that, and that's what we end up selling. <laughs> Yeah. How do you pass up a Zaxby's if you're in the area? I've never been able to do it. If I see one, no matter who we're in the car, we the brakes, we, we, we pump the brakes, man, or hit the turn signal or whatever to go in Zaxby's, no doubt. Zaxby's, Tim Hortons, and then my other favorite, if I'm in the area of one, and I did do this on the trip on the way back, is a Shoney's. Ooh, yeah, yeah, Shoney's. I've been to one. I want to go to the Scott Steiner one, man. <laughs> that... I wanted to go there when they, he first announced it, and then when the, he put out that video of the, the of him riding the bulldozer and like tearing down the Shonies and everything, I'm like, that makes me want to go even more. Like yeah, you're just really yeah. adding to it. It seems to be like that would not to mention just a walk and I'm like, oh, this is the one that Scott Steiner owns, right? Where is that one, bro? Where is that again? Somewhere in Atlanta. I don't yeah, know okay. where off the top of my head. Yeah. Or like it's at least within the vicinity of Atlanta. It might be somewhere north. I don't hundred percent know. Yeah, that that's a pilgrimage <laughs> that has to be made, man. <laughs> at some point. I gotta go there. I, I thought about at one point going to Jerry Lawler's joint in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I was going and it was kinda gonna be a few hour detour to go through Memphis and I just didn't wind up doing it, but I always have wanted to kind of check that just to say I did. Probably some cool memorabilia in there too. I I definitely want to go to Memphis for a lot of things. That's another thing. Uh, I'm a friend of a friend of Lawler's, so I want to. I 
don't know if I could could get a meeting with him or not, but I the the barbecue like the barbecue joint sounds really good that he that he has too. So I I really want to just have loving barbecue so much. I want to try that. Uh, I'd love to go to Graceland. There's so much to do in Memphis. Even like when I was down there in Tennessee yeah. for uh, while I was in Nashville, I was like, well, there's like all these other stuff I want to do while I'm here. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get the chance. And even somewhere between Nashville and uh, Knoxville, there's a Titanic museum that I really want to go to. Wow. wow. So it's like there's so much to do there, but I I did not have enough time. Yeah, you got to go to Graceland. I mean, I grew up with my father was a, a huge Elvis fan, so mm-hmm. by proxy, I became one because everywhere we were in the car or whatever, it was always he had Elvis on, and so I became a fan. He took me there a few times when I was younger, and I mean, I, I there was one of my students came in and did a speech on Graceland, and I was shocked because it seems that the newer generation they just don't. I, I haven't heard many people ever even mention uh, Elvis or being a fan. You know, feels feels kind of like his the, the days of Elvis generating new fans might be coming to a halt a little bit. But maybe I'm wrong. I I might not have my finger on the pulse of that. But this young lady was all in. She had pictures and she was all excited about it. So yeah, you got to go. I think the thing with Elvis is there there hasn't been anything new or noteworthy from Elvis. And obviously he's not going to come out with new yeah. music, but I'm like looking at uh, something recently with like Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. I think if they were to come out with a new Elvis movie, yeah, that could help get a, a younger generation in. Cause no, that's a good point, man. The older any any type of medium gets or any type of you know, artist gets, that it's hard to bring people back in. Like I grew up being a huge fan of the now late great comedian Brett Skelton. Uh-huh. Not many people my age group know who the hell Red Skelton even <laughs> is, but <laughs> granted, I think the thing that that lasts with a lot of people is the his Pledge of Allegiance breakdown. But that's all sure. that they know. And I'm like, oh well, he was really funny. He was a you know great mime and comedian, and he had his own show. He was on TV for like I think close to 20 years. I could be wrong, and he was just so much fun. But like I said, I grew up watching old VHS tapes of him. And most people that I knew had no idea who he was. And if they were to ever to re-release that those that those uh, TV shows or something like that, that could spark a younger generation. But it's with him, there's no hope. But I think Elvis, there there's there's potential there, especially with the revival of a lot of these these music movies. And you're so bang on there especially with the queen because and i was i was in a mcdonald's because my kids are so small so i'm always on the lookout for the play place mcdonald's if we don't have anything to do that day or whatever that's kind of a good place to go for them let them burn some energy but i went in and the girl at the counter and she was a really young lady i mean maybe 18 and she was just clapping along radio singing radio gaga and I said, come on, how, how do you know Radio Gaga? You know, and I, I didn't I didn't think fast enough on my feet that, oh, the movie. Right. And so she was singing the lyrics, you know, real clear. And then I had a, a student in class talk about how the Live Aid with Freddie up there just capturing the, you know, it was magic. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, that was one of the performances of all time. I mean, <laughs> that's really awesome to hear you talk about that. 
because I know it was before you were born, but wow, that's awesome that you know it. And I, you nailed it. I mean, yeah, if there was to be an Elvis movie or something back out, that would change the game there. You're right. And I would, and I would say, too, it would have to be another Elvis movie because I think there was one Yeah, uh, with Russell Crowe, I want to say. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Kurt I, mm-hmm. I was close. I, yeah, you I, I were. I kind of had the name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, that would, I think, breathe a lot of light in me. Even, too, like, growing up when I did, a lot of people don't really have much idea who, like, Buddy Holly or Richie Valens is. True. But maybe they grew up watching La Bamba. Yep. Or maybe they heard the Weezer song Buddy Holly because that's actually one thing I've asked people I'm like when I say Buddy Holly what do you think of the singer or the Weezer song me I grew up listening to Buddy Holly because my dad was uh, he was born in 1950 so I grew up listening to Elvis Johnny Cash Buddy Holly a you know plethora of other you know older artists yeah so so I had a little bit of appreciation for them at Richie Valens too but I think I got really introduced to him with the movie then my dad was like oh yeah well there's this music like I don't think he listened to it as much, but he's like, yeah, there's this too. And I, I became really into it. Luckily with him, he didn't have a large career. To, so I think he had like three singles and a bunch of other songs that were recorded, but nothing much was else done with it. So like, that's true. You can catch his whole catalog really easy. Cause like I said, there really wasn't a lot. Yeah. That, yeah. It's really cool to like see stuff like that. And if you have any type of appreciation for something like that old and the yeah. mo- the movie scene is is really helping. Like they're doing the, I think it's supposed to come out this year. The Elton John movie that could you know reestablish his career more because he's kind of he's faded out in the you know the past you know ten fifteen years. Like he's known for a lot of his older hits, but you know his story's just not known. Hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. And and just when you think that you you can get a finger on what the new generation is up to, I mean I. I keep referring to my students, but I learn so much from them because as I keep getting older, they're the same age. So it's cool because I get to keep my finger at least in somewhat on the pulse of the of pop culture and things through them. And they were saying how, you know, we don't really watch TV as much uh, anymore, you know, and I even heard that on the franchise Shane Douglas podcast. He was talking about how. His sons don't even watch TV. You know, it's such a different time. You know, we're removing out of that. It's the in the into the periphery of our society is the television and stuff. And so many of these mediums that used to be so popular were changing now. Yeah, like I think what I grew up with growing up was you know Friday night uh, TGIF on ABC oh. like. Me too, man. Yeah. We would watch it at home, like with, with my parents. And then there's sometimes like I would spend weekends with my grandparents, like they would watch it too. And it was something <laughs> that we, everybody gathered around and <laughs> like slowly, but surely that's kind of faded away. And even yeah. too, it was like before, you know, VCRs or even when everybody was doing it. But if you weren't home for a TV show, it's like, well, like, oops, that, that was it. Yeah. No, no other way to watch it. Yeah, it was destination. So many shows were destination television. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to see it. And yeah, TGIF, man, I'm so glad you mentioned it. I used to look so forward to that, man. I mean, you you had Full House and 
now I'm drawing a blank on what the name of the show was with Urkel. Family Matters. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was just a, it was awesome. I mean, Friday Night was magic anyway, mm-hmm. but you know that made it even sweeter. Yeah, like uh, th- those shows, Step by Step, Perfect Strangers, yeah. Perfect Strangers. Yeah, I think. Boy Meets World got wiggled in there a little bit. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, for most part, they at least had one or two hits on at a time. Yeah. For yep. I don't know if it was close to a decade or or what, but it, mm. it seemed to like last forever. And mm. you know, that was the thing. Even too, like let's go back to when we were growing up, Saturday morning cartoons, that that yep. ended like about five, six years ago, I think. Like they yeah. finally ended the tradition of Saturday morning cartoons. Huh. And like, you know, we, you know, we grew up one way or another watching a lot of these, these shows that were a big deal. Cause I mean, granted, some of us were just, some of it was just trying to sell toys or anything yeah. like that. Like, you know, trans- oh, yeah. Transformers, GI Joes and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> yep. It's a man. Uh, yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and in fact, I, I have this one tape that we this I say tape again. I'm aging myself. It's an old old VHS I have, but I still play it for my communication students because there's a there's a uh, professor on there saying how the 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 way you evaluate TV programs is how how well they can be transformed into merchandise, and there it is. I mean. You're right. So many of those Saturday shows and whatnot were created with that in mind. I mean, you know, they were shows, but that was just the the appetizer, you know, for the uh, what they became. And just everybody had backpacks and lunch boxes and all that. And Hulk Hogan, I, I had all that stuff, too. The WWF with H- Hogan and Jimmy Snuka and Hillbilly Jim and yeah, whatever you name. I had the backpacks and... Mm-hmm blankets and all that you know so geez how much money how much cash were were they bringing in on stuff like that because they really had young people like me they had they had us hook line and sinker and we wanted all that stuff so our parents were going to go buy it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so especially the 80s i mean it feels like yeah. everything was turned into merchandising whether you know it's stuff that we've mentioned you know it was also like my little ponies and all yeah. that to where it seemed like everything had a cartoon uh and it had like the merchandise that went with it and then too the, the always the thing that i thought was crazy about the 80s maybe a little bit of the early 90s how rated our movies would turn into cartoons yeah or turn yeah. into turn into figures should say should they, no the rated r movies would turn mm. into figures or, and, and toys but then like Every movie, whether it be meant for kids or at least teenage, not a lot of the adult stuff would be turned into cartoons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted, all (laughs) the, like, they have these additional adventures on, like, cartoon, but, oh, even Beetlejuice, like, Hmm. all, all of this stuff. And now, like, that, I feel like it doesn't happen as much. Like, maybe a lot more of the, the kid stuff. But nowhere near on that level. And even, like I said, like a lot of the toys, too. You had toys for aliens and toys for Terminator. Hmm. Like, as a kid, I thought that was really cool. But, like, looking back, it's like, wow, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> That's a great point. And now, of course, you can get – if you're a collector, I mean, oh, yeah. and you're a pop culture collector, pff, 
<laughs> there are so many ways and avenues to spend your money. <laughs> I can, you know, walking into an FYE or something like that is just probably a a place for a collector where you you have to get your your credit card out and ready because you're gonna wind up seeing something you like. I think Jesse collects pop. Do you do you collect pops or just certain ones? Like I know you have some of the wrestling ones and stuff like that. I, I think I've heard you mention on your show some that you have. I'm I'm picky. I want it yeah. to be things that I'm a, a fan of. Like right now, I'm looking at. I have a Scarface pop because I'm a huge fan of the movie Scarface. Cool. Oddly, oddly enough, not necessarily right next to it, but really close to it is a Mister Rogers pop. A complete oh. a complete 180 of each other. <laughs> That's awesome. I got um I got the pops from the movie Tommy Boy, one of my favorite movies. I know. Oh I ha- sweet! I, ha- I didn't even know they had pops for that. Oh yeah, they have um. Two versions of Tommy and one Richard. Wow! And the one of the Tommies was a targeted exclusive, and uh, <laughs> that's I, crazy. Yeah, I was able to get my hands on on that one. I was really happy. But um, like Ghostbusters, I have like the only Ninja Turtles ones I have. There's two versions of Shredder that I have because I'm a huge fan of his. But it's I try to do like that. I I'm not really a, a Star Wars fan, but yeah. if I was, I would hate it because I know that's like one of the biggest. I think at this point it's one of the biggest toy lines ever. Oh, like, sure. not just pops, but pops add a huge chunk of it. They're coming out with like new Star Wars pops every year, probably multiple times a year, and then everything else going on. It's like, oh, there's a new movie coming out. Well, we're gonna have more toys, we're gonna have more Legos, we're gonna have more this, we're gonna have more that. And it's if you were into hmm. that, I mean, praise be to you, but I know there's <laughs> you you're never gonna have the whole set, and I think that's kind of that's what really sucks. Yeah, that's true. And for for an OCD type A person like me, I I could never handle that. I I if I start collecting something, I want to have the whole collection. So it's hard for me. I think maybe that's why I never really became. I'm not much of a Star Wars guy either. Mm. And I think that even if I was, I think they would have lost me uh, recently here. And by recently, I mean whatever the last decade or whatever i mean certainly growing up in the 80s i mean the trilogy there the star wars and the empire strikes back and return of the jedi i mean of course i saw those and loved them and everything like that but i think after that i I don't know i i think they sort of lost me so yeah i'm not i'm not a star wars fan either never was before we wrap this up i want to get like a really good focus on you and your your podcast because I don't a lot of people might not kn- know about you and everything like when did you join podcasting like when what what was your calling for and like what made you become a podcaster good question I think it was because well actually I I really do I all the way back to my childhood I mean I was fascinated with the way your voice could be transmitted, you know, and in that time, you know, we're talking just microphones and amplifiers. And I used to go, my father used to take me to the Buffalo Memorial Auditorium when I was a kid. And I would at these house shows and I would stand there and I had a little portable tape recorder and I would tape record over it uh, the commentary i would do commentary and i was a mimic vince mcmahon because that's who i knew at the time so i here i am shouting oh my and all this stuff and people were staring at me the whole time and i remember when i showed my dad 
and my, my father recently passed away. I'm really happy he got a chance to hear my podcast because he heard it and he said to me, wow, Jeremy, this is kind of full circle from when you were a kid. You know, you used to do this kind of thing. So I think that that might be where it led to where all that came from. But I really I didn't even know much about podcasting until, geez, maybe four or five years ago, I discovered this podcast called Yakuza Kick Radio with now my buddy, J-Cat Morris, CZW. He's really a, a combat zone wrestling historian really at this point i mean he was there from almost the inception to a few years ago he used to go religiously and i discovered his show just went crazy for it and he he really introduced me to a lot of the indies you know because i i mean you can't really count ecw as an indie and i was a passionate hardcore ECW fan. I used to travel on the road with them the weekends and stuff. And I was at the arena. I would drive to the arena from Buffalo a lot. And of course, Buffalo was a hot ECW town as well. But when they went out of business, I was so heartbroken that I kind of didn't really watch wrestling for a long time. And it really wasn't until maybe 2008 or so that I started getting back into it around here because there's so many indie shows and whatnot here. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely think it was finding his podcast. And then from his, I branched off and started checking out many other ones. So then I started having this web of podcasts and I was talking to so many of my friends. And of course, you know, I would have these strong opinions on things. And I finally heard enough people say to me, you should have a podcast, man. You know, some of your your viewpoints are are cool. You know, I think people would like to hear them. And I heard that a bunch and I just decided to try it. I at first I had it was maybe February or March last year. Uh, really, it's not that old of a podcast, but I started with my friend Eric Williams and he he would run the recording and all that for me. But we had such a hard time figuring out what times we could record. You know, for me, it's always when I get the kids to bed, I can record. And when you have a co-host, you have to match that up. And it became so hard to do because his times were way off from mine. So I just learned audacity and all that myself. And uh, I just went at it myself because it's easier for me. I can just record whenever I have a moment, you know, so. It's definitely so, one of the struggles of having a podcast that's not just you. Yeah. It's something that I, I know all so well of doing just many different podcasts through the years before, you know, committing myself to this one, even having other people on. Like, luckily, when we do the previews and reviews, like, I have kind of a stable of people and mm -hmm. I'm able to say, hey, who can give me two, what two people can do this episode? And sometimes I'll be able to plan it ahead of who's who's all going to be on, who's not going to be on. But I'll have those times where it's it's I'm not say like pulling teeth, but it's just it's it's harder. And that's yeah. why I like having these interviews because I mean, as of right now, like I'm recording this episode a, a week and a half before it's going to get posted. Exactly. So I'll have time to edit it and you know have it ready to where it's it's less stress even. You know, last week's episode of you know, when this gets released, like I've 
I just worked on it bit by bit, and I recorded it uh, two two nights before I left for sub. So yeah. it's something that I knew, like, okay, I'll have this ready. And the episode that I released the week after that, uh, as of this recording, it's such a time loop. But uh, as of this recording, it was last week's episode. Like that one, I, you know, I again, I had that ready up before I, I went down the sub. It's like giving myself a little bit of breather room, and it's it's something that. When, like I said, when you're working with other people, it's so much harder. But I'm, it's also the benefit of, like, less stress is on you. And it's, like, two people like, having a conversation. It's not like, okay, I'm one person. I'm going right. to have to talk for a half an hour to an hour. Instead, if it's two people, it's like, okay, well, that half an hour to an hour, that means I have to talk from anywhere from 15 minutes to a half hour. Just me, but I can have conversation and all this right. kind of stuff. So it, it it takes some stress off. And, you know, I... I tip my hat to you and I've done it myself and I know other people know it's it's really difficult to stand in front of a microphone or sit in front of a microphone whatever mm-hmm. you do and talk into it and you're getting no response some people yeah. it is so intimidating and I get it it is but at the end of the day if it's like talking to someone else it's just maybe they're they have less to say so you could go on with the conversation whenever, however you feel right exactly man and that's kind of the good part about it, you know, the freedom of of being able to do that. And I guess, you know, I'm a I was a communication student in college and I teach communication now. So I like to think I have that sense about me too. I mean, I I always felt that I lacked the radio voice to be an on-air disc jockey or something like that. You know, there's guys that have really golden tones, you know. I think I think you have great voice for radio too. I mean, uh, Ryan from the Spotlight series, the dude, the dude really sounds golden, right? And I never really had that, but I feel like I have the sensibility and what it takes to, like you said, carry that. It can be a bit difficult, and sometimes people, I guess, maybe that would seem strange just to carry something on all by yourself and i was talking to dylan hales and we were talking about joey styles and how he marveled at how joey used to be able to do the shows all by himself you know so i guess any of that is tough you know carrying carrying something all by yourself and making it seem making it entertaining in any way possible you know so i i do thank you for the compliment but i'm I'm much human like everybody else. I, I don't. It's not that I can't stand my voice. It's I don't. I don't think my voice is that good. Yeah. But I think it was a couple of years ago that now nasty Russ was doing someone else's podcast. A friend of mine, uh, Andy from the Road Home from Wrestling, and okay, uh, nasty Russ. He was like, oh yeah, like he has a really great voice, and I'm like man thank you but i don't i don't see it but i i I thank you for the compliment because obviously it was unprovoked you didn't have to say that but that was your initial reaction so hey yeah i don't know oh yeah yeah you you definitely have that that sound man you could (laughs) you could be on the radio you could be on air any any which way you wanted to with that voice for sure but you know you always know somebody when they have it i mean i worked in radio i worked as a promotion director and, you know, I one of the things that I really set up was the, the afternoon, our afternoon drive time show. So I worked pretty closely with 
the on-air guy. And I, you know, you just hear them and just even in regular conversation, I mean, they have that satin, <laughs> you know, golden voice. And it's just, it just makes you, you enjoy. I, I used to catch myself really enjoying just listening to him talk whenever we'd sit down in a, in a room or something. I think Dylan Hales is like that. You know, and Dylan Hale's voice to me sounds like that. Like you could easily hear him on different mediums that way. So I, maybe that that's what lends it. You know, it lends itself to being a really good wrestling commentator as well. I think with me, I, I almost got into radio. My only issue was everybody that I knew that went into broadcasting school, none yeah. of them, none of them had a job in the field. Yep. And people that I knew were in the field, I had heard for years, they were just like, don't go to school for this. Like, if you think you're going to be on the radio instantly, because you probably won't, you're going to exactly. have to pay dues. And to get the, even the opportunity to pay dues is so difficult. And I was just like, you know what? I'll just take this thing that I do as a hobby and leave it as a hobby. <laughs> I'll do it am amateur style <laughs> for here on out. I'll, I'll do my best to get better. And I'll, I'll see how thing goes. And I agree with you when it comes to Dylan. Dylan is one of my favorites. Yeah. It's hard to pick between him and there's a commentator that's used to be Cleveland, but he, he switches back and forth between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. His name is Joe Dombrowski. Mm -hmm. He did play-by-play -play for Prime Wrestling and PWO. Okay. Him and a, uh, he went by Aaron McGuire in Prime Wrestling, PWO, like the, um, that was the color commentary guy. Those two had the chemistry of Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, but it's not like we're trying to be Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. They had the natural personalities that paid com like paid homage, I would say, to to those two legendary commentators. To where there was a, I'll just say it. It, it was a bad match like two not really great wrestlers wrestling this one match but the commentary on it was so hmm. good that it made it entertaining and i hmm. i was at the show that the match was at so i didn't hear the commentary and i'm like oh you know this this match sucks but when i watched it when it premiered on tv i'm like oh my god like aaron and joe are making this so much fun to watch and joe he does a lot for like iwc in pittsburgh and mm -hmm. um premier championship wrestling here in Cleveland, but also he, he gets to dabble a little bit of work with ROH from time to time. I don't know exactly well, what, it, what it is that he does, but he's really good. And when I'm asked like, who's your favorite play-by-play -play guy or commentary guy, I'm like, it's between those two. And the thing that I'll, I'll give Dylan a lot of compliment for, like he's great alone. And I really do love with him and Jesse. And even on top of that with Jesse doing, a, he's a great ring announcer to where like this, like he's, He's killing it. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> I've told him I love that. I love the the punk rock voice that he puts on when he when he when he's in the ring because it's just not it's just not something that's done you know much or at least not that I've heard. So it's it's fresh. It's it really brings a, an excitement and an enthusiasm to the matches. Yeah, I mean Jesse would hate to admit it. He's so humble. <laughs> yeah. But man, Jesse's really good at every fucking thing he does with wrestling, man. I mean, he's really been good at it. I I I was listening to Kick Out at Two when they first started and I got really into that. And you know, I mean, 
the show, it was, I mean, once in a while they would have really cool guests on and stuff, but a lot of times it was just him and Wilkman and Brittany kind of rapping about whatever. And it always kept my attention. You know, I mean, I, I listened every week and I, I think it's in part because Jesse's so damn good. So, and he's a, he's a damn good ring announcer. He, he's a credible wrestler. And I mean, granted, Jesse, what I know him most for is getting his ass kicked, <laughs> you know, with like yeah. Brett and Tank whipped his ass, but that's okay. You know, I mean, Jesse will get in there and mix it up. So he's, he's good at everything and he's great on commentary too. I, I always, I've heard a couple one-liners that he's had that I thought were just great. Mm-hmm. And I text him right away immediately and say, oh, Jesse, I just heard you say this. I was laughing my ass off or whatever. So I'm sure he he doesn't quite understand where all the love is coming from because he doesn't want to give himself enough credit. But, you know, he's he's very he's very good. And I, sky's the limit for Southern Underground Pro, man. It, it's just it's 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 shooting off right now. It's getting ready to explode. All right. Let's uh, let's start to wrap this show up and we'll get into our fave five questions. Sweet. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave Five Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, we'll start with question number one. Adam's family or the Munsters? Ooh. I was a Munsters guy, man, because I don't know. I just, growing up, I was a Universal Monsters mark, and anything that resembled the traditional Frankenstein monster and all that I got into and just, I guess I just gravitated towards Herman Munster. Uh, but so I, I, yeah, I would say that I always was into that. I mean, Adam's family I thought was cool, but I, you know, the monsters, I guess was what I discovered first off, but the Herman Herman Munster character, really, I liked. I, I thought uh, just the the caricature of the monster. I was into that, no matter what it really was when I was that age. I feel like Adam's family and Munsters is probably the most divided question <laughs> among people. But it's like yeah. the, it's, it's the one thing that people wouldn't wouldn't start a fight over. Like, how dare you say that about the Munsters? Adam's family right. was the greatest ever. Like, no, right. everybody's like, oh, well. Like I preferred the monsters, or I prefer that in family, and every everybody's happy. Yeah, <laughs> true, man. Yeah, I've heard you drop that question on several of the shows, and uh, it always is. You're right. It's it, you never know what the answer is going to be, but yeah, it's really not something to get hot over. Some things maybe, but not that. <laughs> All right. Question number two: Wings, bone in or out? Ooh. Well, I'm I'm a Buffalo dude, you know, so I got to go bone in, man. I mean, I don't know. For any of your listeners, if they've – see, this is one thing people don't get. I mean, now, of course, the, the Buffalo the, – the term Buffalo wings has become big. And, you know, the Buffalo wild wings are popping up and whatever. But, you know, where I'm from, I mean, it would be straight-up blasphemy to go into a Buffalo Wild Wings, it would be sort of the same thing as going in a subway in South Philadelphia and ordering a cheesesteak. Subway, I mean the franchise. Yeah. Going in there and ordering a cheesesteak, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're in South Philly. You can go to Tony Luke's or wherever you want. 
just like in Buffalo, you know, you can go to Anchor Bar or Duff's or something and get the the bone in. So I don't know. I guess just to, I, I, you know, I've I've had some boneless wings for sure, and I'm a sauce fan. So if you sauce it up right, I I definitely get into it, no doubt. But I got to be a purist on that one and say bone in. I think I said this with O'Shea, so that'll be on next week's episode, that I think this question is more who is going to be the one person to give a definitive reason why they think bone out is better. Huh. Because everybody is mostly bone in. I'm waiting for the one person like, no, I prefer bone out and this is why. But everybody my wife, seems to my stick. wife would if I had her yeah. on. She she would say because she she won't even touch bone in wings. She only likes boneless. So, all right. Question number three: Pepsi or Coke? Ooh, I quit soda, but mm-hmm. I gotta go Coke because I mean, back in the day, I was a Diet Coke nut, and then Coke Zero. And now the game changer, if I still was drinking Coke, would be all those cool flavors they're coming out with, the mango and the feisty cherry and all that shit. Those are pretty badass sounding. So, yeah, I always like Coke. I like Coke products. Is your area – here's a question, though. I mean, where I'm from, that's pop. You know, you got a pop? I'll have that pop. How about in Ohio is – do they use the term pop or soda? Oh, we're, far as I understand, we're a pop state. Oh, okay. You are. Okay. Like, I don't know anybody that's from here that doesn't say pop. Normally, it's yeah. when you go elsewhere. And I've yeah. I've had this conversation with people from Pennsylvania, and I guess somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania, there's like a, a line where <laughs> if you're east of it, you're saying pop. If you're west of it, you're saying soda. <laughs> or no, you're west of it, you're saying yeah, west of it you're saying pop, east of it you're saying soda. So isn't that cool how the lexic the lexicon you know mm-hmm. it changes? It just changes because of geography. That's so so bizarre. Something small like that, the pop or soda. And then if you're down south, it's um, Coke, right? Yeah, everything's yeah, Coke. everything's Coke. And I've I've heard I've actually talked to people from other countries, and they've told me their version. And then because I've had fun when people go like, "Well, it's it's pop, not." soda and all this stuff i'm like well there's these other countries that say this too i mean it's just where you're you're coming from i yeah i mean as long as we learn just to understand like what if i say pop know what i mean if you say soda i'm gonna know what you mean too like just it's just learn the translation yeah yeah good good stuff but yeah coke i mean (laughs) definitely on my answer you know to go back to it i mean yeah coke i i always gravitated to the coke products although i will say the Pepsi and the big glass bottles. My mom, I remember when I was a kid, my mother was such a mark for those, the, the long glass bottles, and she would always have them, you know, the Pepsi. So, but I feel like Coke is past them. I think the the, co- the Coke glass bottles are the best. And mm. now, like, you, not only can you get regular Coke, you can get Mexican Coke. Wow. Which is made a little bit different. Um there's a peach Coke that comes in a glass bottle, and there's Ooh. another flavored Coke, raspberry Coke, Ooh. that you can get in a glass bottle. And that's the only one that they sell those in, and they're they're pretty good. Ooh, that sounds good, especially the peach. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. 
Question number four. Let's go with a, a classic bacon or sausage. Ooh. Oh, man, that is a toughie. You know, I could throw in a curve and say, choice C, not listed there. Scrapple. <laughs> I'm a scrapple mark. But out of the two you listed, I would probably have to go bacon because, you know, I although I'm not a really crispy bacon guy, okay. I, I like it a little bit gummy, I guess. I but say I am strange on textures, so that does matter to me. But yeah, I gotta go bacon. So you would say you were I I put it down as not crispy. That's the only way I could really describe it that everybody understands. Yeah, right, okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the sausage, I don't know. It just doesn't bacon is a bit more exciting, you know, to me. Like I got bacon and bacon is so versatile and people love it on everything and you know. They even started making the chocolate-covered bacon and all that. Sausage doesn't seem quite as versatile, but I don't know. And I'm, I've never been excited to get a sausage patty, you know? I could I could see that. Like, bacon is more versatile, but, like, for me, when it comes to, like, breakfast food, I love me, uh, you know, a plate of sausage links. Or yeah, okay. I love going, if I go to a fast food restaurant for breakfast, you know, the sausage egg and cheese McGriddle or the if I go to Burger King a uh, sausage egg and cheese croissant which for me mm-hmm. the that provides a better taste for a sandwich like mm-hmm. if that's the main meat now mm-hmm. if it's a burger like I wouldn't necessarily get a sausage burger put on top of it but right. adding bacon on it like that's always like it as a, a condiment it's it's great but yeah of the two but, I really love meat like I said some sausage yeah that's that's a fair point but yeah, my my favorite out of the three, uh, out of the two, isn't even one of them. It'd be Scrapple. And Scrapple is kind of more of a Philadelphia thing, um, but it's a it's a pork product. I discovered it through, really through ECW, because ECW, I started really falling in love with Philly. And then I, I even lived in Philly for a little while, and I kind of got to know a little bit about the culture and the cuisine and stuff. And Scrapple is something that, even here in Jersey, they only have it in South Philly. Like if you go to diners in South Philly that aren't too far from Philly, or rather diners in South Jersey that aren't too far from Philly, then you get Scrapple. But you can't get it, say, where I I, I live on the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. They really don't have Scrapple yeah. here. So. All right. Question number five. And it is the Wilkman question from Kick Out It 2. <laughs> is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been here. Now, that's one it seems like people get a little fired up about. Yeah. It's, it's know, the man. opposite I, of the monsters I, I, in uh, Adam's family. Because yeah, that's the one that yeah. people get worked up on. Right. I would have to say that it is, man. I don't know. When I think about it. And it's the only way I can I can answer the question is when i think about it i always think of scenes with the christmas music playing or you know carl winslow kind of saying something about merry christmas or whatever i I think about those things so i i've i definitely hear the argument that says no no uh the fact that it was christmas is just a uh, you know a sub story there but it, subtext, but it's really not the main issue, you know, but I, I hear that. I can, I can see that, but I don't know. To me, it resonates that it's Christmas, you know, and, 
all this stuff is going on at Christmas. Bruce Willis is the the Christmas hero. <laughs> you know, he's saving something at Christmas time. So I would always have to say, uh, to me, it is a Christmas movie. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, a Christmas story. No, okay. no doubt about that. I mean, I heard somebody recently saying, oh, I hate a Christmas story. And I have to question <laughs> the American, <laughs> you know, I have to. I have to go Donald Trump on somebody's ass and wonder if they're really American or if they're illegally here or something at that point, because how I, I don't I'm not so sure how you cannot like a Christmas story or at least recognize its place in Americana, you know, but yeah, yeah, no question about it. That is I, I would love to go visit the house, right? They have that. You can go visit the Christmas story house in Cleveland. Yeah, it's, I mean, I got to do it. I, I, what I've explained to people before, it's fun to go in the winter, but understand it's going to be more popular around that time, especially, you know, Christmas time. True. But if you go in the summer months, it's less popular, but you're getting, you're not getting the same aesthetic, it being yeah. Christmas or maybe even there's snow on the ground. Good but call. but you when I went in the summer there like there was less of a crowd so it was it was I could enjoy it a little bit more. There's a, a really big gift shop across the street. There's a, an old house across the street too, right next to the gift shop that um, is a museum for like other things from the movie and like they have one of the chalkboards from the classroom is is in one of the rooms there and there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff so it's it's more than just the house but it's still so much fun to go to and it's one of like one reasons why every christmas i have to sit down and watch it at least once yeah i mean it's a it's a must really so that yeah definitely that one hands down i mean elf is getting up there i use mostly because for me uh, my son i have three sons i have two children from i'm married twice from my first marriage and then i have a three and a five-year-old now but my 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 15 year old when he was a boy i mean he used to just cackle watching that movie and so watching it always brings me memories more so of him enjoying it so much so that one's probably creeping up there but yeah christmas story will never be replaced i mean everything from the movies are so americana i mean everything with them i think the scenes that stick out most in my head are them sort of huddling around the radio and how he liked he loved little orphan annie and he used and he did the right in thing and sending the so he could get the decoder and whatnot i mean my mother used to call me ralphie i was i was like that even though there was no more there there was no more gathering around the radio but you could still get these cassette tapes of old time radio shows and i used to get those in masks i, I loved listening to them inner sanctum and the original War of the Worlds and the Shadow and the Green Hornet and whatnot, and I used to play them. So my mother always called me Ralphie, and I have blue eyes, so I, I guess I looked kind of like Ralphie when I was a kid. All right, and question number six that I tailor around the guest is, since you are a teacher, what from teaching has really Im impacted and affected your life the most? From teaching... I, I, you know, it's the, the reason why I got into it and it still is to this day is the impression 
that you can make as a teacher, just that kind of that ability to make somebody fall in love with the discipline, you know, what you're teaching. And I remember recognizing that when I was a student, just recognizing it in my teachers and thinking, wow, you know, it's amazing how they breathe life into these things. And all of a sudden, just a class you take becomes this amazing discipline that, you know, it's, it's, it becomes sort of beautiful to you. And now the opposite way I teach it, I see the same thing. I see students sometimes come into the class with that idea that, eh, this is three credits I needed or whatever. So what the heck? And then if you can make them fall in love with it, you know, I think that, I think that to me is the most impactful thing. And what, what makes me want to keep doing it, it always has been my dream job and I'll never leave it because it's just, it's magical to me to, to be able to, to make people love a discipline. And then you, you kind of stand by the side of them, you know, I mean, I might be the teacher, but by the end, if I can get it where the students are sort of admiring this discipline alongside of me, because I'm not the guru of communication study or whatever somebody else is. But if we can admire that together, boom, mission accomplished. And I was able to all of a sudden make people love it. That's cool. You know, and that's, that's kind of what you hope for. And those moments, man, they're, they're so cool when they happen that I think just every new time it happens is always brand new and just as exciting. It never gets old. All right, man. It's uh, been a very long night. And it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's been fun to have you on. And it's, it was fun to be on your podcast, too. But any final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go? Well, just, you know, I mean, I'm totally humbled by anybody that listens to I Got Your Five Stars. And I will, I do want to say one quick thing. That name, I came up with that name as kind of a rib on the Meltzer or whatever, the star ratings. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I came up with it as a, you've seen the Italian, yeah, I got your so-and-so when they grab their, <laughs> they grab their junk, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of the tone that, that I'm saying it in with, I, I got your five stars right here, you know? And I heard somebody on another podcast and they didn't say my show right out, but I knew they were talking about me. And he said, you know, these people that do the star ratings and stuff, you know, five stars and whatnot. And I thought, yeah, but, he made up his opinion and probably never listened because I don't do star ratings. I don't believe in it, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I might review shows, but I don't like that. I just made it as a rib. But uh, but anyway, I'm 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 humbled by anybody that listens because, hey, I do the podcast just because I get a kick out of it. You know, I I dig it if people like it. But, you know, if they don't, I understand that, too, because like you said, a lot of a lot of weeks, you know, it's hard to keep things interesting with just one voice on there. And that may not be some people's cup of tea, sit there and listen to a guy talk about wrestling. But for those that do, I think it's cool. If you dig my passion for it, that's cool. You know, I mean, I love these young men and women coming up in the business. And that's that's kind of what what the podcast is all about. Just trying to show people my, demonstrate for people my love for 
what these guys and girls are doing on the indies and then if I can have them on, you know, and people, hey, if if people listen and they wind up checking out a match, mission accomplished. You know, one person does, cool. I mean, I don't I don't really care about number of listeners. It's if I can make some new fans of Sage Phillips or Brett Eisen or Kobe Durst or, you know, people I have on that people this way may not know, you know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end they do know them. So, you know, so, yeah, tune in, check. Check the show out. I got your five stars. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. There's a few other ones, but I got to say I got lazy about doing the uh, application process. But I have discovered the show on a couple of uh, podcast venues I didn't realize. Uh, Player.fm. Mm-hmm. I was on and I saw my podcast on there and I thought I never did any application process with them, but I guess it's cool. There was a couple others, but mostly Stitcher and iTunes or Apple Apple Music or um, Apple Podcasts, rather. I mean, is the best way. But I should also say the podcast is dedicated to my good friend, my brother, rest in peace, Kevin Wackpacker Hogan, Mm -hmm. the best wrestling fan ever to walk the earth. And he's in the CZW Hall of Fame. So uh, he's on the logo of the show. That logo isn't me. For Some people might look at it and go, oh, that must be the host. No, that's Whackpacker Kevin Hogan pointing up in the sky to I Got Your Five Stars. So it's for him. So, uh, you know, uh, always be in my heart, Kevin will. But, Justin, man, thanks for having me on. This has been awesome, and I, I loved having you on. And this is great, man. Great, great conversation on both ends. Like I said, thank you very much for coming on. And, of course, you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pretty much like you can find myself at Heavyset330. But you can find this show at Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Please Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, The Road Home from Wrestling, Kick Out at Two, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Big Gold Belt Podcast, Spotlight Series, and I Got Your Five Stars. And check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, Set Tab Photo, PowerSlam.tv. Use promo code WrestlingShares, all one word, and get your first month free. Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, Wrestle Void, Stay Tough, Midwest Territory, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you don't think wrestling is an art. Later. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. You like you get away
Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name.